Author Media presents Novel Marketing, the longest running book marketing podcast in the world. This is the show for writers who want to build their platform, sell more books, and change the world with writing worth talking about. I'm your host, the professor of book marketing, Tom Sumstead Jr. And today we have an episode from The Vault. This is one of the very first episodes we ever recorded on this podcast. It goes all the way back to 2013. And the reason why we're sharing reruns right now is because my wife is having a baby. And so I'm trying to get um, all the podcast episodes uh, scheduled uh, for December so that I can spend time uh, with her. And I went back and re-listened to this show, and I really like it. It's, you know, it's about Santa Claus. It's kind of lighthearted, but it also has some really important principles. And it's also interesting to see kind of what's changed, but also what has not changed in what we talk about on this podcast and the kind of the underlying principles of hard work uh, have not changed from our very earliest days. You'll also notice the format is different. It's a much shorter show. I have a co-host. This was back in the days when uh, James Rubart and I did this podcast uh, together. And I am curious to hear what your thoughts are on this old format as opposed to the newer format. So the current episodes are much longer. Is that an improvement? Do you wish we went back to kind of the quick tips, kind of bang, bang approach that we used to have? Uh, Do let us know at authormedia.com. And I'll be back uh, at the end of the episode uh, with a little bit more information. So without further ado, here is episode 11, Things Santa Can Teach Us About Book Marketing. This is Novel Marketing, episode 11. I'm Thomas Umstead, Jr., I'm James L. Rubart. And this is the show for novelists who hate marketing, but still want to become best-selling authors. In this episode, we are going to draw on one of the most effective and powerful marketers in the history of the world. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about. We're going to talk about the secrets that only Santa can teach so- about marketing. (laughs) Santa actually does a really good job at marketing. If you think of him as, you know, a fictional character, he's one of the most popular, well-known, imitated fictional characters in the world. What is it that makes Santa so appealing? And what are, of those things, what can you copy as a marketer and apply to your marketing? So this may seem a little bit of a lighthearted episode, but there are actually some really good nuggets in here that you can take to the bank. The first thing that Santa does is that he persists. Think, you know, the idea of giving presents to the whole world is a tough job. It is a lot of work. And as an author, one of the hardest things that you have to do is to get up and write when you don't feel like it. It's very easy to fall prey to making excuses, and that's one thing that Santa doesn't do. If he's got a snow day, he just builds his team to have Rudolph, and he gets those presents delivered, whether it's good weather or bad weather, whether he's feeling it or not. Um, Seinfeld had a great quote on this. He was, because he's a writer, he, he writes all of his, uh, a lot of his comic material that he uses on stage, and one day he's just not feeling like it. He's like, I don't want to write. He was looking out the window, and it's cold, and it's wet, and there's these guys walking to a construction site, and he's like, you know what? Those guys don't want to do their job either, but they get up, and they get it done anyway, and he's like, why should I be any different? And so he started thinking of himself differently, like, this is my job. I'm going to write, and I'm going to persist, and that's one of the reasons why he's such an effective comic is because his output is so much higher, so when he's trying to pick from material, he's picking the very best from a great field of material. Love that. Uh, point number two, Santa is easy to contact. I, I mean, seriously, all you got to do is what? No, Santa, Claus, <laughs> North Pole. And, and so many authors don't do this. And, and it's everything from 
uh, slingingoutthewords at gmail.com. And that's their email address. And it's like, well, okay, I got it. Slinging out the words. I mean, you see often authors with email addresses where you don't know who the heck they are instead of James L. Rubart. Uh, sorry, James at jameslrubart.com. It should be very easy. Same thing with a website. I've been to websites, and, and I cannot figure out how to contact this person. On my website, for example, in the upper right-hand corner, which is prime real estate for websites, you guys probably know that, I ha- give you the chance to sign up for my, my newsletter on every single page. And then right below that, I've got a way for you to connect on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Goodreads. I make it, and plus I've got a contact page. I make it very easy for readers to get a hold of me. So being easy to contact and not having to think about it too much is definitely something Santa uh, can teach us. Now, a lot of authors don't want to give away their contact information. They don't want people calling them or sending them letters because they're afraid that the boogeyman (laughs) is going to come and get them. And this is one thing that Santa is not afraid of is the boogeyman. So I encourage you to make as many forms of communication to access you available as possible because the more people communicate with you, the more of a connection you'll have. That's why do people love Santa? Because you're able to communicate with him so easily. You visit him at the mall. You're able to send him letters. And that physical connection, that communication back and forth is what builds a relationship that lasts for generations. And this will make you feel e- either better or worse. But if somebody wants to find you these days with the internet, it's, it's really not very hard. Yeah. If you have a magazine subscription or a credit card, your information is publicly available for about 2 or $3 dollars. Um, every single time because that's one of the ways that uh, magazines and credit card companies make their money. And so the boogeyman already has your address. You might as well let your fans uh, send you <laughs> presents as well. All right. The tip number three that Santa does is that Santa focuses on giving to others. Think about it. He visits all these houses giving people gifts. Could you imagine how differently Santa would be viewed if he visited all those houses looking for some, what he could take? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we have actually a lot of people like that. Your prison's full of folks who are looking for things that they can take. But what makes Santa loved is that he's looking for things that he can give. And this is a key element of your marketing. Think of how you can bless people with your marketing. Think how you can bless people with Twitter, with Facebook, with your email newsletter, how you can give gifts to other people. And that sewing will return back to you many times over. Yeah, it's it, this is a hard, cold reality, but authors – they people don't care about us. They really don't. And that's <laughs> they hate okay. to break it to that's you. That's okay. But... They. It's so funny to me. These these people. I just want to thank my fans. It's like the fans don't care about you. The fans care about what you can give them, and that's okay. You've been put in this position to do this. You're inspiring people. You're encouraging people. You're making people laugh. That's okay. It's great. Just continue to do that. That's right. Now, some authors are like, it's so selfish that everyone just cares about themselves. They should be caring about me. (laughs) Well, they don't. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, well, isn't that selfish too? You know, you have to be the first one to transcend that selfishness, and Santa is a good uh, role model for transcending uh, the selfishness. The fourth thing that uh, Santa does is he fosters a great team. To be an effective novelist, you need to realize that you can't do it all yourself. In fact, a classic beginning mistake as a novelist is to try to do everything yourself. You are the printer, you're the publisher, you're the editor, you're the writer, you're the webmaster, you're the marketer. And 
that doesn't work. I mean, no one person has all of those skills. And Santa realizes that. He has a team of folks who are making his gifts. He has a team of folks who are preparing his food. He's got a different team that helps him travel around the country. And those teams are what make him successful. The world, Thomas. The world. world. Sorry. Yeah. And the country is bigger than just Texas. It's like, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, he travels the whole world. And he couldn't do that if he didn't have a team. So who do you need on your team? I would say the first person you need is a book mentor. Someone who's further along the path than you are, someone that you can go to with questions that can kick you in the pants when you need it, and who can give you a hug when you need it. Um, we try to provide some of that uh, through this podcast, but you really need a real-life person who can do that as well. Uh, I would also recommend getting a critique group, an agent, uh, a professional editor. You need this whether you're self-published or traditionally published. In fact, if you're traditionally published, that's the first thing they'll do is give you an editor because they know that no one writes good books. Uh, people only write bad books that need to get edited by professional editors. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Uh, Indeed. Other members of your team, uh, quickly, a publicist, uh, if you can afford one, or if your publisher is paying for one, a webmaster, and an assistant uh, to help with communication, social media, that sort of thing. Trying to and we, and, and we we Thomas we should do a podcast on this at some point but I'll add one more and that is a mastermind group that's not people who are critiquing you that's not people who are further along the path than you that's not even somebody who you're a little further along but it's it's a group of people that you can brainstorm with and we should probably do a podcast on how you form a mastermind group what you look for in the mastermind group just some overview of that but a mastermind group where you can get ideas that you might not have thought of for your brand and you can give can be a really powerful part of your team. I know we say that a lot. We should do a podcast on this episode. And when, whenever we say that, for those of you listening, shoot us a message and be like, hey, yeah, I want to hear a podcast on that, or I don't. Because yeah. your, your communication to us helps us know what to prioritize. Because every one of these topics leads to more topics. But I think uh, talking more about mastermind groups is really good. All right. The next thing that Santa does, the fifth thing that authors can learn from Santa, is that Santa focuses on just one thing. Now, I know you don't like this. Authors don't like this. Authors and novelists especially are creative people. They come up with zillions of ideas and they want to run after all of those ideas. And that is not the path to success. Santa is not a February holiday character. You know, during July 4th, he's chilling. He's completely not there. But when it comes time for Santa time, he is on stage and he is fully present thinking about just that one thing. Jim, I know you're a little bit outspoken on the whole don't have multiple brands, pick one thing. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I I am outspoken on it because I've been a branding guy for since 1994, and I've done this for clients, and I've done it for authors. And I believe you can have one brand. I believe if you're John Grisham, you can write legal thrillers to the point that they are so successful that you go to your publisher and you say, I want to publish a painted house. And you can watch the sales for that plummet. <laughs> compared to your regular sales, and your publish publisher will still smile at you because the next book is going to be a legal thriller. <laughs> and so we we can go into a lot of detail on this, and this one we definitely will uh, do a podcast on later on. But it's my belief that you can get into the mind of the reader with one thing. To get in with another thing is extremely difficult. So I agree with you, Thomas. Like Santa, we need to focus on one thing. Now, it is possible to do more than one thing with your life. If you look at successful people like Benjamin Franklin, he was a best-selling author, and then he was a publisher, and then he was a diplomat, and he was a politician, he was a scientist, and inventor. But if you look more closely at his life, 
He only did one of those things at a time. So when he was an author, he totally devoted himself to writing his books. When he was a publisher, that's all he did. And then when he retired from his publishing business, all he did was science. And that focus is what led to success. And that is one of the reasons why Santa is so successful. He has that focus. And so as much as as important as it is to have a to-do list, you also need a stop-doing list so that you can focus on what is really important in your life. All right, the next thing that Santa does is that he works hard. Delivering, making the gifts for the children of the world is hard. Imagine how difficult it is to deliver all of those gifts. And this is kind of the dirty little secret of writing is that it's hard work and that it's work and that you actually have to do it. You got to sit down and do it every single day. It's very similar to the persistence uh, tip, but you've got to just do the work and there's no, there's no, everyone will promise you shortcuts. Hey, self-publish and it won't be as much work. Lies. It is just as much work. It's like, Oh, buy my, you know, guide and you'll be, it's like, it's, it, your grandfather's advice of, you know, do the work, work hard, be diligent, is still good advice today. The world has not suddenly shifted where there's some secret formula, some magic bullet to success. I went on this tier for a while where I was watching biography, the biography channel. I'd tape these in every famous celebrity you've thought of, actors, musicians, et cetera, et cetera. And the recurring theme was all of them busted their hind end again and again and again and were rejected over and over and over. I'm talking about people like the Rolling Stones and Richard Branson and Kelly Clarkson. You know, you think Kelly Clarkson was just, oh, boom, this instant hit on American Idol. Not true. And so that theme is so uh, – there's a theme ingrained in us that, oh, I can just be discovered. I'll put in a little work and then I'll be a star. It just doesn't happen that way. Yeah, the authors who are willing to put their heads down and get the work done are the ones who succeed. There's two kinds of authors. There's the authors who put their heads down and get the work done, and then there are authors who are looking for the shortcut. They're, they're asking the question, what's the least I can do to still get the results? And if you're asking what's the least I can do, you're not going to succeed. That mindset will sabotage all of your efforts. The final thing that Santa does is that he enjoys the journey. Uh, one of the most notable characteristics of Santa is that he's a jolly fellow. He's You always see him with a smile on his face. He is happy to do what he does, even though what he does, a lot of it is drudgery. So the first child you see at the uh, mall is a lot of fun to talk to. The 1,000th child <laughs> is a little bit exhausting, right? The first present that you make, the first toy that you make is fun. The 1,000th is a little bit of work. And the key to being a successful author is to enjoy the journey. If you're always like, I will be happy once I'm published, but you're miserable during the writing and during the editing, you're going to be miserable your whole life. Because then once you get published, it's like, oh, if only I become a bestseller. And once you become a bestseller, it's like, oh, if only I could get a movie deal. And then if only I could get a movie deal with a good movie company. It's like, there's always one more thing. And then you go all the way, you have a New York Times bestseller and a movie's made. And then it's if only I could do it twice and prove to everyone this wasn't a fluke. It's like, there's always that carrot in front of you holding you forward and you will be miserable. You will live a, a sad, miserable life. But if you can enjoy the journey, and enjoy the writing and enjoy the editing and enjoy the pitching to agents and editors and enjoy the marketing process and getting the books to sell, then you're going to be happy and 
you're going to be more successful because that attitude will give you the strength and the energy and the focus and the passion needed to do well in each one of those phases. Because how do you become a best-selling author? You're faithful in the little things. You're faithful in writing well. You're faithful in editing well. You're faithful in pitching and getting out in front of agents and doing a good job, making a good proposal. You're good at the marketing. And that faithfulness in those little things is what ultimately gives you the return on investment at the end. No, it's really true. It's so true because in the end, and to your final point, Thomas, is what Santa realizes in the journey is it's not about him. It's not about him. It's about the kids. And that's the focus. And that's that's the really the passion. He enjoys it. He enjoys being Santa. But it, it is more blessed to give than receive. It, it, it is absolutely true. Thank you for listening to this episode from The Vault. Uh, if you have a question you'd like for me to answer on a future episode, do call our listener helpline, 512-827-8377. You can also send us a high-quality recording at authormedia.com forward slash contact. And I will say, the one thing I would like for Christmas, if you want to get me something for Christmas, is Apple Podcast Reviews. So if you uh, would like to leave an Apple Podcast Review, positive or negative, we don't care. Just to get your feedback on Apple Podcast is so appreciative. So, and I do want to say thank you to all of you who have left reviews already. Uh, you've been listening to Thomas Homestead Jr. and James L. Rubart on the Novel Marketing Podcast, giving you innovative ideas on how to promote yourself and your writing offline, online, and everywhere in between. Thanks for listening.